Hey everybody, unfortunately, no new episode this week. I did put together a little edit of the first two live-action dramas that we've covered, just to have them all in one place. We'll be back next week with that three-parter. Uh, I've just been super busy, I started a new job, so it's been uh, difficult to find the time to do three episodes worth of notes, but... We will get back on track next week as things sort of settled down, and we thank you for your listenership. So, let's kick it off, Colleen. We're going to talk about the Detective Conan live-action drama. The series is called Challenge Letter to Shinichi Kudo. Do you have any relationship at all with this? Have you heard of it? Have you ever seen any of it? There's also some live-action movies that we... We'll cover it down the line, but I wanted to get to through the uh, TV show first. Uh, did you even know this existed? Uh, where are you coming into the series from? Uh, so I knew it existed. Uh, never watched it. I uh, had to familiarize myself with the um, order of uh, like everything that's been made. Um, because when I first you know, looked into this, I saw that, oh, there was actually something produced prior to this, but they were more like, I guess, TV movies. So we're probably going to cover that later on sometime in the future, as you mentioned. So uh, I had to kind of do my research to realize, okay, this is like the TV series that was, uh, that came after those TV movies using the cast from the third TV movie or TV special, whatever the... Uh, the actual terminology is so um yeah that's that pretty much shows you how like zero knowledge i had of this i was also under the impression that they did another live action adaptation with uh an actual little boy conan so i'm not sure what happened to that one but um yeah i uh didn't know any of the cast um i mean i did recognize the girl uh from deadpool 2 She's Yukio, but the other people, I looked up sort of what they've been in, and I know of the the other works, but I've never watched them. So, yeah, I was going in pretty blind. <laughs> Sorry, I giggled the little kid, and he's cracking me up. I think he, he must appear in one of the movies. <laughs> he looks so funny, little, little live-action kind of big, big glasses. What a guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just, okay. There's a lot going on. All right. uh, We'll we'll cover that stuff (laughs) at some point. But first, you know, we have this. uh, I'm pretty much the same. I I did not know much about the detective series, but uh, we're going to cover this. uh, And I also haven't really watched much Japanese drama at all, like live action stuff, not even like common writer and stuff like that uh, do you watch any like japanese drama or korean drama stuff like that yeah i do yeah i i watch all that you sort nerd of uh, <laughs> so you're familiar watching this stuff what, what do you like about it what do you get out of this that you don't get out of uh you know like an american teen drama series like the oc uh you know a fine television product why do you have to is go this where we plug in the bro look for an import I wasn't going. I kind of was. I, I check out the bro scene, but yeah. Why? Why do you watch this? This seems so unnecessary and extra. I mean, is there is is it like? Do they make stuff that's just unlike what's on 
like a America? Like, what, what, what are you getting out of this? Uh, Tell me more, Colin. Okay. Well, to give you the full answer, I always had an aversion to live action adaptations of anime or manga. For some reason, I just didn't like them. I thought they were a little too kooky based uh, like compared to the anime, which lends itself better. <laughs> What's that? Have you seen live action for, uh, Professor Orgasm? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's killing me. Man. Look at him. <laughs> He's amazing. Oh my gosh. Is that real? That can't be real. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Uh, why did we not see him? Okay, so um, right. yeah, I so it took me a while to get into dramas, and I did it through, I guess, Taiwanese dramas and Korean and Japanese. What I get out of it that I don't from American television is, at least the ones I watch, because um, I've watched the TV series more so than movies, which are a little different. But we're not going to go into that. The TV series that they put out, the dramas in particular, um, I just find them a little bit more wholesome. Uh, the plot lines are a little bit more intriguing for me. Um, and I don't know, they're, they just have a nice uh, aesthetic. There's a high production value as well. I don't know. There's just stuff that um, I like more in dramas than American television. So that's why I gravitate towards it. <laughs> All right, so just a quick timeline of the live-action adaptations. The first one was a movie called A Challenge Letter to Shinichi Kudo, Prologue Until Goodbye. That aired October 2nd, 2006. They then made a second film called Shinichi Kudo Returns, Confrontation with the Black Organization, which aired December 17th, 2007. I believe that used uh, the same cast as the first one. And then uh, they put out a challenge letter to Shinichi Kudo, The Mystery of the Legendary Bird, in April 15th, 2011, which I think was its own cast uh, in Special Things. And then after that, <laughs> they once again... Re Is it the same dude? I can't tell. It's this very... <laughs> I wish they had the... Uh... So they changed Shinichi's... Oh. Well, they changed the main cast... As of the third one, right? Okay, so the third one, yes, that's the Shinichi from that we see in this series. It also looks like an adaptation of a anime original, I believe. I'll have to look that up once we get into it. So that's when they got to the current incarnation, the third special, and that TV, the TV series we're watching. Uh, when did that air? July seventh, twenty eleven. So this aired after that third special. And then, I guess after that finished airing, they did one more live-action special, which is Shinichi Kudo in the Kyoto Shinzengumi murder case, which aired April 12th, 2012. So, if you, I guess if you want to go super chronologically with this crew, you would want to watch uh, The Mystery of the Legendary Bird before this. But uh, I feel like it's a, kind of a standalone thing, so it works. Plus, so, it's long. Uh, there's the full rundown. Yeah, that's a movie. And we're not covering uh, the live-action movie just yet. We'll get to it sometime. Uh, but yeah, so this is a 13-part series we're going to start off. And uh, it's going to be a bit infrequent, but uh, 
every couple weeks we'll probably come back to this uh for now it depends when just it's just the way with the sh- how the show is because we don't want to uh like jump around the anime we don't want to do like episode 90 we don't want to do like episode 165 and then 169 you know we don't just the way it is it's very inconveniently for how we do two episodes is uh, each time for us to go in order we kind of have these stop gaps to fill and we've been doing it with discussion stuff but we're going to use the uh drama from now on just to fill space and give you some new content rather than us just babbling although i guess i'm kind of just babbling now <laughs> anyhow challenge letter to shinichi kuda file one the high school detective before becoming conan uncovering the murder affair mystery that's quite the title yeah um it must have been longer in Japanese. So let's find out how wholesome this is. It originally <laughs> aired July 7th, 2011. We see the live-action Shinichi Kudo awake in a mysterious dark room. He finds himself handcuffed to Ron, and he wakes her up. That's when they spot Kogoro in the corner, who asks where they are. The lights suddenly turn on, and they're enclosed in an all-white room. Shinichi has no clue what this is all about, and their cell phone have has no reception. Uh, so, Colleen, what's your first thought of this? What do you think of the cast here? Are you a fan of Shinichi, who's played by Junpei Mizubata? Did he live up to the character? My first thought when I saw this opening scene was, what the hoot was going on? Um, this did not immediately grabbed me as detective conan content whatsoever i felt like we were in some sort of like sci-fi i don't know outer space type of situation maybe a little doctor who in there so i didn't know quite how to take it from right off the bat um the cast of characters um i mean shinichi i think was fine uh like obviously he hasn't acted yet but throughout the episode i didn't find him particularly charismatic um but anyways i'll i can talk wow, more shots about him. Fu- <laughs> shots fired throughout this episode oh, first you're coming for chelsea now you're coming for junpei i'm just trying to you know give a critique i'm sorry i don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings um so i mean right off the bat i wasn't like thinking anything like shinichi like they didn't obviously they didn't try and mimic the look from the anime at least with shinichi they maybe did so more so with um kogoro giving him a little mustache yeah so here's a fun fact the actor that plays kogoro is actually like the one constant he was so good in those first two tv films that they brought him back for the tv series so Kogoro is always played by Takanori Janai, so I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's fantastic! That that actually makes me really happy to hear, because uh, I think he's going to be a. He's fun a great Kogoro too. I gotta say, I think he nails it. Yeah. I think he's real good as Kogoro. Like I, I was missing the Kogoro voice, um, a little bit, but uh, that's just a given. I mean, the for the amount of Detective Conan we've watched you kind of get those voices ingrained into your brain. So it's really hard to then separate the character from the voice, but um, I'm going to try with this live action stuff. Um, So yeah, I didn't really have like, uh, so my first impression of Ron, I'll talk about how I felt about her character later on, but my first impression of Ron was 
that she uh, felt very uh, much like a young high school girl. Like Ron is sort of depicted as more of like a, she feels a little older in the anime for some reason. Whereas in this, like um, she just kind of like fell into the category of like kind of like a typical high schooler. I like the cast. I think they're fun. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have anything else to really say. I thought Ron was cute. I thought Kegro nails it. And uh, I thought Shinichi was perfectly charismatic. I'm not a hater <laughs> like some people. So uh, Shinichi finds a letter taped to the wall that says, Beloved Shinichi, I'm your fan. I've been following your achievements. You're a wonderful detective. This white room is a present for you. Please enjoy yourself. So from this, I, I I instantly figured out who did it. Only kidnapper that would do such a thing is Cullen. Wow, I am not surprised that you're accusing me of this on the air. <laughs> I I saw this coming too. <laughs> yeah, you laughed before I even made the joke. Like, I, was... <laughs> I know what he's about to say because I felt it too. I was like, oh my gosh, is this how I sound every time Shinichi's brought up? <laughs> Pretty much. You're like, ah. Uh-huh. My beloved Shinichi, so clever, so smart. I'm his biggest <laughs> fan. I wish I could give him a present, a big white room. You say this every week and I've been so confused. I'm like, what does this white room have to do with anything about Ken? And, and now I know. Now you know. You're going to find out in these, how, however many episodes there are of this, 13? We're going to find out about this white room. Yep. Shinichi throws the letter down in disgust and says that someone is holding Oh no, he didn't like my letter. <laughs> Ron asks he would do such a thing. A platform then rises from the ground with a computer screen on it with the date of June 24th, 2010 on it. And Shinichi's like, oh, I solved a murder case that day. Okay. Okay. First off, think of how many murders he must solve. So, like, how does this particular day, like, possibly stand out for him? Like, it seems so ridiculous that he's just like, oh, I know that day. Oh, that's okay, a good that murder one didn't case. surprise me though. I've like we've seen Shin, or we will see Shinichi do this in the anime where they just give him like a date or they'll mention something and he's like, "Oh yes, there's that case that I did." But what Ron says next is what surprised me because she was super specific about what case it actually was. Oh yeah, that was that famous photographer who took his wife's sister, who was also a model, <laughs> as his lover. And Shinichi was like, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so this looks to be the framing device for the entire series, where apparently they will go around from white room to white, white room, and then just enter flashbacks where he uh, <laughs> figures out a case, and then uh, I'm, I'm assuming on the very last episode we'll figure out, you know, who yeah. did the white room stuff. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, this framing unexpected. device? It was unexpected. I didn't know we were going to be dealing with a story within a story type of situation um i don't mind it sort of in principle i just hope that it works throughout the entire series and uh hopefully it won't uh, be problematic for us considering we're not going to be watching the episodes uh quite back to back but we'll see yeah one, one other interesting thing is uh i'm very curious as to like, if they're going to connect any, how these cases are actually involved. Like, is this, the person says they're a big fan, so are they just obsessing over the cases, or are we going to actually meet, like, 
the person in one of these cases that kidnapped him, like later, uh, that is revealed later on, or anything like that. So I'm curious to, you know, theorize as we go along here. Uh, so we're in full flashback mode here. So this is from now to like the end of this. It's gonna be uh, this case on June twenty fourth, twenty ten. So we see this couple passionately kissing until the woman, Momoka Ida, backs away. I just can't betray my older sister anymore, she says uh, to the man Yuhei Sabuchi. She wants to end their affair and says he can take his camera back. She then goes into the kitchen. <laughs> I like, okay, this is the funniest breakup ever. She like breaks up with him and then she goes to like <laughs> prepare dinner or something. Like, he, 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 she doesn't even let him like respond or anything. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, I I think like at this point it did read that way. I guess when you're looking at it from after having watched the entire episode, maybe you can theorize that she was doing it sort of on purpose to create some distance. But yeah, it it was a little like. I mean, she was just making out with him. Maybe don't do that right before like breaking. Hey, they up. had to get through this really quickly. What's they the only had half an hour here? for all this. Uh, he goes up to her and he says. uh don't tell me you've got another man. And she denies that. And he just freaks out. He he grabs two plastic bags that he puts around his hands. And then he just starts choking her. Grabs her by the neck. The, just the visual of this guy grabbing the plastic bags. And then being like, this is the murder weapon. Like, completely killed <laughs> me. I, I shouldn't find it funny, but just seeing the guy grab, like, these two, like, dollar store plastic bags and then commit, he's like, this is how, this is the perfect plan for murder. And it's like, like, I get this was a crime of passion, clearly, and it wasn't, like, uh, uh, planned or anything, but it's just quite the ridiculous visual. Although, I guess it's kind of smart of him to... Be like, you know, like he thinks one step ahead at least to know that, oh, my fingerprints. <laughs> so he's like, oh, plastic bags. Yeah, it's pretty Thank amazing you. that in that moment he was able to realize that he could or he should do that. And I don't know if I've ever seen, I don't know, maybe the anime is going to adopt this at some point. But I don't know if I've ever seen a, a murderer do this. Yeah, he winds up choking her on the floor and we see her grab onto the curtains Spoochie then creates a mess to make it look like a home invasion when he gets a phone call. The man is Subuchi's assistant, Kosuke Kishi, and he says he's on the way to the model's house as they have a photo shoot session with her at 4pm. He hangs up and he takes his camera back and then exits the house. As he leaves, this is the mysterious part, we see her fingers barely moving, so she's not quite Mm. dead, Colleen. I thought this was going to play a bigger role than it did, but... Yeah, so did I. But, uh, I mean, I like how it comes back in the episode, so I'll give it that. Five minutes later, Kishi arrives and Sabuchi greets him. They ring the doorbell to no answer and are surprised when the door is open, or when the door is unlocked. Kishi opens the door, but is seemingly knocked out by someone, and the whole scene is shown as a blurred flash. What do you think about this mysterious flash that knocked um, him out? Well, when it's when we actually later see them, you know, lying on the ground, having apparently been hit or whatnot in the head, um, I I wasn't buying that there was. Well, obviously we know that it's not a home invasion, so 
I didn't buy like oh that there was just some random person who all of a sudden you know got in the apartment or came down the stairs and hit them like there was some trick involved I wasn't fully sure of what it was but it was definitely manipulated meanwhile we see that ron has gotten her nails done while shinichi waits there uh so uh, what the quite the uh dramatic shift here from like a murder to ron getting her nails done yeah this is probably what uh turned me off to ron a little bit why you don't like you don't like a girl living her best life having a little pedicure getting her nails painted what's your problem here <laughs> why are you such a hater you're you're throwing out that word very often today <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i just call it like i see them and usually you know you're more passive aggressive than you are just spitting a vitriol but you know today you're just i feel like some stress of the new year is getting to you colin you're taking it out on these fictional characters and chelsea my god i just chelsea rebecca she has two first names and you're showing respect to none of them i just thought that this was not something ron would do this felt like a sonico scene to me you don't think ron likes getting her nails done that's a Sonica thing, living her best life, feeling a little bit girl. I mean, I know she's a bit tomboyish and stuff, but not to the extent where, like, she doesn't care about fashion. She just got that imported bag, girl. Remember that? Remember that episode? The old creepy man on the bus? She had that She had that bag she imported. She likes going clothes shopping. This doesn't seem that out. Like, I, I didn't find it as much of an issue that same in yeah, New York. Yeah, I... <laughs> Because she, she has plenty of girly moments. I just... Knows? So what's your so... problem? Are you jealous? Do you wish Shinichi would wait for Not you? Not if it annoyed salon? him. Well, she had shopping to do. She needed somebody to carry the groceries that she had to bring back. I don't know why she wouldn't just ask him to get the groceries. Like, wow. Well, because she wants to getting, spend time with him. Nails done. Okay. Anyways, I, I just see. thought that... Um, yes, Ron likes... I'm sure she would have liked to have a manicure. It's just the way that she was mm, reacting to it in front of Shinichi. Like, I feel like Ron's a little bit more muted when it comes to that stuff. Uh, Muted in the sense of, like, you know, she does, like, she bought her purse and she was like, oh. It feels, I will say, it feels great to have a manicure done. I haven't done it because I'm a man. I mean, that's why they're called uh, manicures. friend of the show and bro c host john anderson who's on our discord and has never posted once because he's a king <laughs> um he gets manicures so uh I'm, I'm sure when he gets his nails done he shows them off the same exact way yeah well that's are do are you no. hating him now i'm saying what are you that doing, everyone's Colin? personality is different and i just don't think that okay. <laughs> that voice you're well okay colleen really is uh now you're talking down to me jeez okay oh well what a <laughs> podcast start all right uh <laughs> so yeah um after she's done she throws her bags at shinichi and he's like oh i'm a bag carrier 
And then we get what is surely our Colleen Fashion Corner moment of the week. Although I guess we're double dipping here because I feel like your Nell's Power Hour there uh, was part one. But Ron is looking at herself in the mirror and Shinichi wants her to get a move on. But she says, when seeing your reflection in the mirror, what's important is how the whole balance looks. Do you agree, Colleen? Do you look your, yourself in the mirror and you do you judge your balance? Do you look at your hair and you're like, I need to move this one hair to the other side to create the proper yep, balance? That, that's exactly what I do. Um, I just said, <laughs> now that we're talking about it, I realize how, um, how this actually plays into the plot. Because I didn't... I was so done with this scene. I was like, let's just get out of this salon. Let's move forward with the case. But uh, it's actually interesting that, you know, just reading it now, I realize, okay, this actually is connected somehow. You know, uh, I don't want to lend you credence, but there there definitely is a bit more of a self-absorbed character trait for Ron here especially during the murder as we will murder investigation as we will cover because multiple times she's just kind of like airheaded and does not care that somebody just died and will just like get really self-absorbed and start like when like because you're referencing when she sees the mirror later on like to have the lack of awareness to be like oh what a neat (laughs) mirror (laughs) like as after somebody just died is really strange and same with the like like the wedding photos where she's like i want yeah, these wedding I, photos <laughs> like, i'm what, what did she say she's like i'm dreaming so for i, the I get day where you're coming from these wedding photos are gonna be mine or whatever i'm gonna have wedding photos so okay i'm glad that like i wasn't the only one that felt that way i mean you're probably being um nicer about it than i am but uh, i mean my my feelings I'm just not a hater. My feelings towards Ron in this particular episode were mixed um, because I didn't really like how, she, like the portrayal of the character, uh, she wasn't very Ron-like. If I'm comparing them straight from like the Ron in the anime, but I can also appreciate that um, they made her act like more of a typical high schooler. So I I will give her that. <laughs> So her whole balance is upended as they hear a scream, and that's when Shinichi happens upon the situation with the photographers. I love that this model just happened to live right next to this nail salon, yeah. apparently. <laughs> In the same place. How convenient. So, I mean, that felt like the only purpose for them being there was just to make them conveniently placed. Sabuchi feigns disbelief, and he asks her to wake up while shaking the body. Sato and Takagi then arrive on the scene. Unbelievably, Shinichi calls Kogura for advice due to his abundant experience oh, in love. Um. <laughs> yes. Yes. This rules so much. <laughs> okay. As a scene, like, I'm gonna, sorry to be such a hater. As a scene, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I was bothered by shinichi asking advice from kogoro that is so not in his character but i feel like it's a good person to call because shinichi doesn't have the experience of love he hasn't gone on dates he doesn't know how to be like a sleep because specifically when he asks like when he says an abundant experience in love he means like i need somebody to explain to me how a sleazeball that cheats on his wife thinks that's what he's trying to figure out here 
So when in that perspective, Koguro seems like the perfect guy. To <laughs> right. Ask. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like from experience. Um, no, I I thought it was I thought it was a creative way to get Koguro into the episode because otherwise he wouldn't be there at all. Um, and it did no like I thought huh. it was well done from that perspective that Shinichi is inexperienced and he wouldn't know, you know, what does a woman's apartment look like when she has a lover? What does she have like an extra toothbrush or whatever? It's just, it, it feels weird when you're comparing it to the kid who also knows all this about like cameras and other things that he can read about in books. Like maybe he could have read about relationships in a book and known all this stuff as well. But um, yeah, so... I I didn't like it that Shinichi needed help from Kogoro, but I did like what it was for. <laughs> he either calls Kogoro or he reads really quickly the bridges <laughs> of Madison County, you know? I'm sure he could do that. Shinichi asks how he should check the room of a woman who is living alone to see whether or not they had a boyfriend. Kogoro says that the gold standard is that if there's an extra toothbrush or the toilet seat is up, Shinichi checks, and lo and behold, the seat is up. Somebody was pissing there, Colleen. You know, she could have also been cleaning the toilet and just left it up. No. Nope. But whatever. Kegger says, after that, look around for hobbies a man would prefer. And that's when Shinichi finds a photo development lab, and we know women hate pictures. Oh, yeah, totally. And, you know, she likes being in them, she doesn't like taking them. So let's get her sexist... <laughs> Let's get our gender roles correct here. Shinichi thanks Kogoro, who's uh, attempting to trail a woman himself. And Kogoro goes on an impassioned speech saying, I think such cases are rare and sad when they do happen. If a woman is going out with a man that way, they have plans about seeing each other, right? The man would have to be especially careful. And when it gets serious, it's really the man you see crying in the end. It's really the man! Um, and then he realizes that Shinichi hung up on him, <laughs> and the woman he was telling just completely disappeared. Kegger has had experience, apparently. Um, so, and that's basically all we see of Kogoro until the very end, right? Yeah. I really wish we had gotten some context as to what he was doing, because he just seemed like he was stalking a woman. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> you know, he didn't get much work, um, you know, until Conan comes along. So maybe he is just being a stalker. You never and then know my second him. thought was, okay, was that maybe airy? It couldn't have been. I don't, like, but... No, I think he was on a case and following okay. a woman. He was just doing a really bad job, job of it. Yeah, clearly he was doing a bad job because he was making a scene talking about infidelity. His specialty. Like, which is probably what he was like, which is probably what he was investigating, which is really Ooh, suspicious. Ooh, isn't that ironic? Sabuchi calls his wife to inform her of her sister's death. He tells her not to come and says it wouldn't be good for the child inside you either. So we learn that she's pregnant. Oh, what dang. a piece of shit yeah, these people are. Sure. Kishi tells Takaki that he was struck by a man inside that ran away. With the shock of being hit, all he could see was pure white. Sato asks what the weapon was, and he's unsure, but he guesses that it was an iron pipe. Sato then introduces Shinichi to the witnesses, and Sabuchi is shocked that the great detective is here. So he's already famous here. So this isn't, uh, this is not his first case like our anime will mm -hmm. show us. Yeah. Sabuchi explains that he was Momoka's brother in law and that the sisters were close. 
This is when Ron finds the wedding pictures displayed and says, Oh, you look so wonderful. I long to have photos of these. And uh, Sato just kills the mood here. And she says, I'm not interested in having any. And Takagi's like, what? All right. So I, I forgot to get into this discussion topic. You love oh, Takagi. Is it, how do you know? Like, is, is it that obvious? Tell me about this guy. The live action Takagi. Did he live up to your hopes and dreams? Why are you laughing? Um, I don't. I feel like this is the best portrayal of Takagi, and you think he's charming, and he's a dimwit, <laughs> and he plays the character perfectly. This is the real Takagi, not the anime or manga. No, no, the real Takagi exists only in the anime. Um, this guy. <laughs> this guy plays the role perfectly. He's perfect. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I had. A hard time getting behind uh Takagi like at the very beginning I was just like who's that supposed to be and when I realized it was Takagi <laughs> I I didn't know how to feel um but he did eventually have well technically technically the uh subtitles we had spelled his name wrong oh no <laughs> and it's the, instead of Takagi it's Tagaki okay so there you go it's the <laughs> off-brand the Takagi <laughs> I'm sure it was just a, a, a subs yeah, a uh, error, for sure. Um, so yeah, very funny. this moment where they were talking about the wedding photos, though, that's what made him feel like Takagi. Um, so um, I preferred. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler just sent me a a photo of the the actor portraying. Yeah, Takagi. Tagaki. I can't even pronounce it properly. Tagagi. Tagaki. <laughs> um. He's great. You love him. Just admit it. You would marry him right now. Tagagi. I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see how I feel after. No. <laughs> the, the full, um, all the episodes. Um, I really like Sato though. Uh, she was probably one of the more likable characters for me. Uh, she didn't do anything memorable really. <laughs> but I did enjoy the actress's performance. Um, what? Well, I liked when she shot down Takagi oh, here, and I uh, was like, "I'm not getting those pictures." I thought, like, I thought Sato was great, and I, I think, I think, I think these are perfect. I think Sato and Takagi were perfectly cast. And I'm not just doing this to annoy <laughs> you, but I think he really gets like Takagi's bumbling personality through really well. And uh, it helps that he looks like the You know what? Dork. I thought he I was it. too tame. I would have wanted him to amp up that bumbliness, for me at least. Sato, I think, was perfect. Even with that statement, she didn't even mean to direct it at Takagi, or she didn't mean, like, I never want to get married. Like, she, maybe she just meant she doesn't want, like, frilly wedding photos. But, of course, Takagi reads it as completely being rejected by her. Which, like, they're on totally two different wavelengths when it comes to romance. So that is uh, very much like them from the anime. Um, so, yeah, Takagi, I'm I'm hoping that they amp up the silliness with him. Because uh, then I will really like him. But for now, I was like, eh, he, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> I also gotta say, it felt really refreshing not to just have Megari there. So I really hope that Sato and Takagi kind of be like... The main investigative uh, duo for the uh, live action series. That would feel really okay, cool. Okay, well, uh, I think you're in luck because uh, 
I don't know if Megri shows up. Because um, I did like a quick search of the cast for these and his name wasn't in there at all. He did appear in the TV specials, so I'm not sure why they uh, chose to um, keep him out of these ones. I, I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but I, I'm kind of hoping we do see Megri at some point. But it is an interesting choice to have them as the like two investigators when you're just starting off you know, a new series and not go with someone a little bit more iconic like Megri. But... Um, yeah, I, I just hope that we do see him sometime. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Takaki is the most iconic character we could get, possibly. Oh yeah, I mean He's besides great. like obviously the the three main guy, people, but uh, like we'll, we're gonna get Sonico later. We're gonna get Eri. I didn't think there'd be such a reversal. Like you're such a big Takagi fan, and now the tides have turned. I'm the number one fan. You're the... <laughs> I want to marry Takaki. <laughs> of the live action. I think that's w- what differentiates it. I'm just so. I'm like such an anime Takagi purist that I can't possibly accept any other adaptation of him. And well, maybe the manga too, like, but that those kind of go like coincide. They're talking to the Sabuchi, and he asks if they have found the criminal yet and tells Takagi to make sure they arrest him. Oh boy, uh, maybe you shouldn't say that, because uh, that, that's kind of bad news if they actually find out, buddy. Uh, he says he got a good look at the criminal, and it was a large man with a scar on his forehead and cropped black hair. These features sound familiar to Takagi, and Sante says it's the features of Mizaki, a suspect wanted for serial robberies. Oh, really? I thought it was Harry Potter. Says there's a wanted pose. Oh. Scar on his forehead. Yep, Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like, it's Harry Potter. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Shinichi says there's a wanted poster for the criminal downstairs and that he has a picture on his cell phone. While not completely certain, Sabuchi says it does resemble him. I do like how this guy just saw, like, this is, he put as much thought into this as the, like, Shinichi did when he was coming up with the Conan Edogawa name where he just <laughs> looked around and picked words he saw. Because he totally did that. He just like, who can I frame? Oh, there's a photo of a guy. That guy did it. <laughs> And then we get a great Takagi moment here, and he's like, all right, I'm going to call HQ, and we're going to arrange for Murasaki's arrest. And Sada's like, he's a wanted criminal already. Like, He's already wanted for arrest. What are you doing? <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> See, that totally like went past me. I I mean, I knew it happened, but Takagi would have, like, and I get it. It's the translation between the live action and the anime. You don't get characters like flopping over or anything or like crashing down to the floor or I don't know, have like sweat sweat uh marks on it. Do you want do you want Sato's head to grow big or something when she's yelling at him? Preferably, yes. No I'm kidding. I don't know. That would be interesting to see, like, a live-action anime adaptation that, like, took that stuff and applied it. That would seem... Like, I don't know how it would work. I, like, I don't know. I feel like that might be too crazy, but I, I'm also very interested in seeing if anybody has done that. Because, like, putting that style... Like, that would be funny. Like, obviously, you're using special effects and stuff to achieve it, but it could be done, mm-hmm. you know? Well, who knows? Maybe we'll see it in a future episode. <laughs> Shinichi asks Abuchi about Mamako. He says that she is cheerful and sociable. 
She had been living abroad and then returned to Japan to work for fashion magazines. She also regularly helped him by being his model. She was very beautiful and a wonderful woman, her killer states. Sabuchi says that nobody held a grudge against her and he's surprised that Shinichi asked such a question. Shinichi says he doubts it was a robber. He explains that Momoka has choke marks on her neck and was strangled by hand. However, they were struck by an iron pipe. If a criminal brought a weapon with them, then she should have been attacked with it as well. Which makes sense. Although maybe, like, I, I could see something where, like, in a struggle, they lose their weapon. And so they just use their hands or anything. But maybe there weren't signs of, like, a prolonged struggle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, but, I mean, some good points are being raised. Takagi confirms the cause of death was suffocation. And notes that her personal items are scattered and there were traces of pollen left behind. The pollen came from flowers on the floor, which are Casablancas. I didn't know that was a flower. I just thought it was a movie. <laughs> and a city. Is it? What's a city? Uh, isn't Casablanca a city? Where? Where? That's what oh, I'm asking. In Morocco? Oh, you're right. The largest city of Morocco. Apology to our Moroccan listenership, which is clearly in the ones. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Ron says that the flowers stand for dignity, which uh, I'm sure will be the greatest. Thank you, Ron. I think he even asked her, he's like, what's the flower language, yeah, Ron? <laughs> and she's like, dignity. And he's like, oh, well, that won't matter. <laughs> See, again, something that Shinichi would might have known. He wouldn't know a flower language. Come on. I wonder, we did have that case um, at like a flower convention and the murder uh, weapon was the flower kind of. Um, it had to like bloom, and, it, and then it dispersed some sort of fumes. Do you recall which one I'm talking about? Anyways, I thought that maybe they got into flower. Yeah, the the Casablanca <laughs> flower murder oh, okay, case. Never mind. But well, I feel like we covered flower language sometime in the anime, but I could be wrong. Uh, despite Shinichi's objection, Takagi thinks it's obviously a robbery. Shinichi tells Takagi that the robbery attempt looks as if it was done by an amateur rather than a professional like Murzaki. Sabuchi acts concerned for his pregnant wife and asks to leave. However, Shinichi wants it to ask him some questions first. He asks why the door was unlocked, as a thief would typically lock the door out of fear if they were ransacking a place. Sabuchi says they just happened to arrive as he was leaving and that they had very bad luck. Shinichi says he highly doubts it was a robbery and that it's most likely a murder that was covered up to look like a robbery. Sabuchi brings up the attack and that he saw the man that ransacked the place. You may be, I love this line from him. He says, you may be a famous detective, but a high school student is still just a high school oh, student. the burn. So, like, he's bringing you that Colleen <laughs> attitude here. I would never speak those words to Shinichi. He's like, I want a proper investigation by Takagi, a guy that knows okay, what he's doing. Okay, I did doing. love that part. He, like, turned around, like, you know, basically talked to the hand Shinichi. And then he bows to uh, Takagi and Sato, be like, I put my trust in you guys. Before Sabushi can leave, Shinichi pulls out a large piece of photography equipment out of the closet and asks what it is. Sabuchi says it's a strobe lamp. And Shinichi asks why it would be in a model's home. Sabuchi says that it's actually his, and explains that Momoko was also interested in learning how photos are taken, so he learned her his. Shinichi says the lamp is still a little warm, 
and Sabuchi says that she must have been using it. Shinichi says it's strange, as there's something not in this apartment that should be here. Oh. A camera. Hmm. Where did the camera go? I Pauline? loved that this was one of the pinnacle moments of, like, the problematic moments, because that was the thing that he hesitated about at the very beginning, and he ended up grabbing the camera. But now that it's coming back, back to haunt him, it just felt really satisfying. Mocha had a strobe lamp and even a dark room to develop them, but no camera? That makes no sense. Sabuchi says it might have been one of the things that was stolen and heads off to leave. While tying his shoes, Ron walks up behind him and notices a large mirror. She's just completely enamored with it. And she's like, huh, this is strange. It only reflects half of me. And so she's like (laughs) posing here. She's like, where's the other half? I can't find it. And then Shinichi's like, Eureka. Thank you, Ron. Now I've figured out the one and only truth. Catchphrase. Dream yeah, work. so it was nice that that made the this, the catchphrase made an appearance. Um, it might have just been me, but that uh clue giving moment by Ron kind of reminded me of what Ayumi does for Conan, because uh, she'll just say like this random thing and it, it will seem irrelevant, but it gives Conan. He basically treated her yeah. the same way too. It was like he patted Ron on the head. He's like, you know what, you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> so. There's that. Shinichi says he knows why the strobe lamp is still warm and that the angle of the mirror has been twisted and the trick was to show both of them a criminal that actually didn't exist. The criminal put the strobe lamp in a blind spot from the door and then used the mirror's reflection to show Kishi an intense flash of light after triggering it remotely. Shinichi asks Sabuchi to press the shutter on his digital SLR camera that he has around his neck and he complies activating the flash. Takagi and Sato are stunned by it, and Shinichi explains that the criminal then hit Kishi with his weapon, which was likely a tripod. So, uh, yeah, he's looking pretty guilty. Oh, it just gets better, though, because this guy does not give up. Like, Shinichi keeps throwing things at him, and he's just like, well, obviously I would have this because of this reason. So he's just sticking to his story. Shinichi says the one that killed Momoko was none other than Sabuchi. He denies this and asks for evidence of the crime. Shinichi asks if Sabuchi was seeing Momoko, as that would be an excellent motive. He says he'd never betray his wife and tries to leave again. And Shinichi says he's trying to leave so he can steal evidence. He then asks to see what's in the camera bag. And Sabuchi's happily to show him. He says it's a backup camera. And Shinichi finds it odd that it's a classic film camera, which he shouldn't have since he... Normally works with a digital camera. Shinichi says the camera is the one that should be in Momoko's apartment and that he stole it after killing her and that it likely contains a photo showing evidence of his crime. Sabuchi asks what Shinichi would do if there wasn't anything like that in the camera and Shinichi says he would completely stop being a detective. So uh, his whole career is on the line. We might not get a detective yeah, kind of series. That's kind of like a, a big bet for Shinichi. So he, like, you know that he's confident in his uh, thinking. And then there's a moment of doubt, too, later on. Just like, wait a minute. There there was supposed to be evidence here. But luckily, our boy manages to save the day, if you want to call it that. Sabuchi gives the police the okay to inspect the camera, and Shinichi is certain that the truth will be found from it. Sabuchi is confident there won't be anything in the camera about him or Momoko from the time of the crime. The two then have this, like, stare down, which is quite intense. I like that. I like the little rivalry between 
criminal and detective. I thought this played it up really well. I thought like the them going back and forth this whole episode was mm-hmm. highly entertaining. Sure. And it kind of uh it gave it more than the initial like oh this is a crime of passion like kind of murdered her in cold blood type of thing where he actually like figured out how to maybe cover up his crime and then later on he was able to ask the right questions or like give the right sort of answers or rebuttal to Shinichi's questions. So it's not like he's just some you know, dumb guy, and he he wasn't prepared in some way. Kishi then develops the photographs in the dark room. It's a bunch of photos of Momoko, and Sabuchi is confident, and he declares that he had nothing to do with the crime. Sato then comes into the room and tells Shinichi that the two pollens are identical. So, uh-oh, something happened. And this is when we learn that Shinichi had an alternative plan here. And uh, Shinichi says, from the camera, pollen from the Casablancas at the crime scene was detected on the body of this camera. He then explains that the flowers arrived from a local florist this morning, which means the camera had to be there this morning, and that Shibuchi was lying about just coming in here. Shinichi says that Shibuchi took the camera since it symbolized the close relationship he had with Momoko, and he was never interested in the pictures. He just wanted to buy time so the pollen could be checked. So, wow, got that, his ass. That was great. They, <laughs> that was probably the best Shinichi moment of the episode for me. Yeah, this boy's playing 4D chess. You know, even That's though right. he's a high schooler, he's not just a high schooler. High school. <laughs> that whole that that uh, saying that the photographer had, like, forget that. <laughs> Sabushi says he never did anything bad. Momoko was toying with him. That's why he had to do it. Shinichi then tells Sabuchi to take a look at the final photograph that she took. And it's basically a flip book of her mouthing, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Sato then receives a report from the coroner that says that Momoko lived for quite a while after being strangled. If Sabuchi had called an ambulance, her life might have been saved. And Shinichi says, I'm certain she wanted to protect both her sister and the man she loved. Momoko was trying to suppress the feelings she had for you and chose to break up with you. Such a brave and pure woman, he says of the adulterer. Yeah. This is hilarious. The way that like he frames this is ridiculous. She was cheating on her sister with her sister's husband. And he's trying to say she was like pure and brave. Yeah, like, pure and brave for a, breaking ridiculous. up with her, uh, what, I don't know what the, the man version of a mistress is, but yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there. I I thought, like, I kind of made a weird face at them, like, eh, that doesn't sound like, th- that should be in the same sentence. <laughs> Just because you're trying to fix a problem that you created doesn't mean you're, like, holier mm-hmm. than thou. Like, it, painting her as, like, a saint here is really weird when she was <laughs> cheating yeah. on her sisters. Oh, like, self-realization. Oh, like, oh, I will stop this uh, this affair. And she was pregnant, too. She was pregnant. <laughs> and... This is... Yeah. And she, needs, she says, the woman who loved you from the bottom of her heart with your hands you've buried her into the earth. Why, he killed his wife? <laughs> oh, oh, no. So. This causes Sabuchi to break down crying, and he apologizes to the home-wrecking sister. I'm sorry, Momoko! 
Ron also says she feels sorry for Momoka as the man weeps. I did not feel sorry for her. I don't. I I, I feel like marriage is such a sacred thing that like, and may, maybe I'm more put off by this because it is like a uh, it's live action rather than just anime characters. But like just thinking about this poor pregnant woman, like her sister, like not only does she have to deal with the death of her sister. She also finds out that her husband had an affair, and now she's going to have a baby where the father's locked up forever, like, having killed the ba- yeah. uh, the baby's aunt. Like, if we're feeling bad for somebody, it oh, should definitely. be her, you well, know? Moko's sister is the real victim, and the baby, so sister and sister's baby are the victims here. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but whatever uh back in the white room so we can get away from the flashback and shinichi types in i love you uh into the display and this is all kind of done during like the credit sequence which i thought was kind of cool uh this opens a door and they enter a second white room that then closes and there's just (laughs) a spoon levitating in the air and i was very confused and then a second display appears uh saying september 2nd 2010 and we then get a preview for the next episode, which has like a television broadcast and a psychic, and it looks like we're in first. Just yeah, something it looks pretty crazy. exciting. So, what do you think about the first live action episode? Oh boy. Um. So, the case felt ordinary to me compared to some of the other stuff that Detective Conan comes up with. Um, I wasn't able to. Um, to um, confirm this or not, but I don't think Goshoyama had anything to do with writing this. He's credited as the mangaka, obviously, but I think other people wrote this. So it kind of just, it felt like they wanted to do some sort of mystery, like crime, murder, and then they just used well-known characters from another show and plopped them in there. Um, so... But, like, they did throw some curveballs in there about how, like, the culprit faked an assault from a fake burglar, the pollen getting on the camera. Um, It just wasn't as gripping or exciting as a typical Detective Conan episode for me. um, I think the best part of the case was the sad realization that uh, Momoko was still alive a little while afterwards. And if the guy just called an ambulance rather than trying to figure out how to cover up his crime, he could have saved her. So that was probably the one, like, thing that really hit me and kind of made an emotional impact. Um, So overall... I mean, if he saw she was still alive, wouldn't he just finish off the job? Like, I don't really... He just tried the murder. What, like, five seconds later, he's going to be like, you know what, I actually should call an ambulance. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of give way yeah. too far. I'm actually going to I'm I'm actually going to expose my affair uh and ruin my life by calling an ambulance here. You know that's the problem. Well, yeah, so. but I mean, it's ugh, you're saving a life. <laughs> it's unrealistic. It's unrealistic to think that the person that just tried killing her if he found out she's still alive is going to go, "You know what? I should call an ambulance." Maybe Maybe we can hook back up after my yeah. divorce. No, I'm, I get that. It's just it like once he re- like sees the photo book and like whatever breaks down in, into tears, it, that's 
the only kind of emotional impact <laughs> that this episode had for me. Um, so I don't know. I didn't like it that much. Maybe my expectations going into it were a little too high. Maybe I was trying to compare it too much to the anime, like the characters, I, basically all of them, except for maybe Kogoro, all of them felt off to me. Um, so maybe I just have to like look at this as its own thing, obviously inspired by the manga and the anime, but uh, I shouldn't necessarily say like these are going to be exact copies of the characters because the actors are definitely trying to portray the characters and um, do uh, like bring their own style to them. So next one, I'm going to go in with maybe more of a blank slate, kind of remembering what this episode was about. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Honestly, like, uh, I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I was really impressed with this. I was surprised how well, like, Detective Conan worked as, you know, like a live action series. I think it works well, uh, especially with, you know, like having Shinichi as the character. And I think it's a real interesting change to have you know shinichi as the star rather than conan because you know he's he's more competent and it's a, a very different dynamic and i feel like conan works a lot better for the manga just because of how mm -hmm. ridiculous it is of having this little kid uh do stuff and like knocking out kogoro each episode i feel like that definitely lends itself to manga a lot better but like as for just you know, as like a mystery, I thought this was really solid as like a, a, a TV show experience. Obviously, we knew the killer, but you know, less of a mystery. This was more of a drama, and I thought it delivered the drama of you know uh, Shinichi going back and forth with the criminal in this war of wits. You know, like uh, I thought that was a really interesting way to portray the whole thing. I thought the villain was great. I thought the way he was able to go toe to toe with Shinichi was really good. I thought the Kogoro <laughs> cameo was hilarious. I'm not quite sold on the whole uh, framing device yet, but we'll see how it goes. Um, it's kind of hard to judge after one episode. Um, I'm excited for the psychic episode. I was really impressed. I liked all the performances. Um, I thought Takagi and Sate were fantastic. I thought they killed it. Uh, I do agree Ron seems a bit... Uh, a little bit self-absorbed or maybe just spacey is a better term she's kind of like unaware of everything that's going and maybe that's true of the uh anime too because she does just kind of <laughs> screw off and like not contribute for 20 minutes of each episode uh, so maybe this is what she's doing maybe she's just looking at mirrors and stuff and they don't just show it so this might be actually more accurate uh, <laughs> to ron's real personality but besides, like, the little quibbles of Ron, I thought it was really solid. I think the Shinichi's pretty good. He might not be as charismatic as you would want, but, like, other than that, I thought the performance was pretty solid. I didn't have any major hang-ups with him. So I, I walked away, like, a lot more impressed than I did. Uh, full disclosure, I also like that Netflix uh, Death Note oh. <laughs> thing, so my quality of taste is, like, trash. But, um... I was a fan of this. I really liked it, and I'm really excited to watch more of these live action stuff. Like I'm, I'm a big fan, and I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get 
multiple TV series of this, but we have a bunch of movies and stuff. We have 12 more episodes. I'm excited to watch it. Like, I, I thought maybe this would be a drag and I'd be like, oh, we have to do a live action episode each time, but I'm actually pretty into it. And, um, as for the quality of the mystery itself, it seemed like a run of the mill, like anime original quality. I didn't think it was like hugely down from the anime or anything. I thought it was okay. Like, I didn't, I didn't get that feeling like you were saying about, uh, it not feeling Detective Conan-y, and they just threw the characters in. I like. It, I thought the dynamics definitely changed because it's Shinichi and not Conan. But I did think the characters had enough of themselves. I think you're too <laughs> upset over Takagi and not realizing that you've been adoring this dork the whole time. Maybe I was just upset over all the characters. Like I have a bit of. I'm coming at it with a bit of like a, a lukewarm reception. For them but we'll see how the rest of the series goes i'm excited to uh get introduced to the live action sonico airy apparently is going to show up too so it'll be fun to see uh what actual actors can do with a kogro airy kind of argument um and i don't think he's gonna appear but it would really be interesting if heiji made an appearance but i don't think it's gonna happen we'll find out i i think he definitely appears in the uh Ooh. movie afterwards but maybe we'll see him we'll find out so at some point we'll see live action heiji um but maybe not during this series who knows maybe we will so yeah let's cover file two the live broadcast locked room murder expose the secret of the psychics curse this originally aired july 14th 2011 and that was, was the short the title live action <laughs> dude <laughs> there's these titles are ridiculous and then the series is called, like, The Challenge Letter to Shinichi Kudo. So it's, like, trying to put that in this episode, you're going, like, five sentences. <laughs> so the episode starts off in the white room. Remember, they're all trapped there. And uh, Ron, Shinichi, and Kogura are looking at a levitating spoon. That's how the last episode ended, Kalia. They were staring at the spoon. That's right. What's that all about? Hmm. Shinichi pulls it down, and they find a nylon string attached to it. And Kagura says, they're making fools of us. In an instant, my, I don't know why I'm doing a voice. Uh, they're making <laughs> fools of us, says Kagura. In an instant, my psychic powers will awaken. And by psychokinesis, my thoughts alone will keep it floating in the air. And Ron's like, dad, you're such an idiot. She's completely embarrassed here. <laughs> I mean, there's no need to be. They're all family, really. So she asks Shinichi who might be doing this, and he's not sure, but he does say that the challenge letter was certainly meant for them. Kagura says one uh Kagura says one other thing has been overlooked. If we lose our calm in this uh in this situation, then it can be said. We will surely be defeated. Shinichi says Kogoro can't remember anything, and he walks up to the computer, which is dated September second, twenty ten. Kagura says, Oh, that's my great grandmother's birthday. How does he remember that? <laughs> Because he's a great, great grandson. Oh, that's too many greats. But apparently, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Shinichi says it's a when a murder case occurred, and that and this particular murder was broadcasted live on television, and we then see the word magic get entered into the computer here. So, what do you think about this opening sequence? Um, I was really excited to get more Kogoro in this episode and he like came out swinging with his I don't know gimmicks and his like one-liners so I was already you know having fun with Kogoro 
his character at least um yeah i was uh, i'm not really sure what i thought like i didn't think that magic was gonna be involved i think i thought it was more like the esp thing which it ended up being so yeah it was uh kind of intriguing so yeah like uh, i feel like live action kagura somehow is even more over the top than anime Kagura. absolutely yeah would you agree with yes. that <laughs> And it's like, which is sort of incredible. Well, when you think, like, if this guy had the same voice as the anime, he'd be like the perfect live-action Kogoro. So we flash back to the case as a psychic with powers named Washimi Jiro is introduced on a television show. He first became famous at seven when he used his ability to make a bunch of compasses freak out, spoon bending with willpower, spirit photography. And ESP telekinesis are his abilities. And Jero says that everybody will not learn that ESP exists today. So, are you ready to embrace ESP, Colleen? Uh, sure, I guess. Or maybe I'll just be like Shinichi was throughout the entire episode. Let's see. The show is called New Sensation Battle Program The Showdown, which is a very catchy title. <laughs> it's almost as catchy as the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. The host is a fashionable man named Harada Takayuki, who is joined by his female assistant, Mizutani Asako. Today's showdown features Jiro facing off against a great high school detective, Shinichi Kudo. Your boy's here, Colleen. Yay! He made it onto TV. Jiro says that his psychic abilities have no tricks or gimmicks, as it isn't magic. But Shinichi says he doesn't believe in ESP. ESP. Jiro says he expects an apology by the time this broadcast ends. Boy, Jiro is like just over the top certain and like so confident in his abilities. Yeah. Um. I mean, did you have? I any hate him. Fr- okay. <laughs> I was like, what did you think of Jiro? I hated him too. He was just the worst, and he did not get any better throughout the episode. Backstage, we see the director talking to Kogoro, who says he explained the program to Kudo, and they then have this weird conversation about a bouncing hand gesture that I did not understand at all. They were, like, doing this hand gesture, and Kogoro's like, more bouncing, more bouncing! (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what this was? Because I was so lost. No, like, okay, going back to Kogoro being over the top, it's... Like, I don't want to, I really don't want to say anything bad about it because I love, like, this actor's, um, uh, his characterization, I guess, of Kogoro. But because it's live action and there's no, like, there's no music or goofy music to go along with it, it just so, sort of falls flat. So when it, stuff like this, it just kind of feels like Kogoro's, like, acting weird and nobody really <laughs> finds it funny. Back to the show, Jiro promises to bend a spoon, which Harada confirms is ordinary. They compare the two, and after he does it, it's clearly bent. Ron is in the crowd and is amazed at the performance. Shinichi then examines the spoons, and he's able to bend one himself. Who knew that Shinichi had psychic abilities? Well, he can just do everything, can he? Yeah, Shinichi takes it apart and says that anybody can do that with skilled hands and a little practice. Jerry says that Shinichi performed magic, but he did his with telekinesis. So he's like, oh, he's the, doing the fake stuff. I'm doing the real stuff. See you guys. <laughs> right. I'm, I was also like a little surprised as to 
like did Shinichi have uh I guess the piece of the spoon prepared? Like I don't know where he got it from. Who knows? Who knows? Rada calls Jiro a liar and Jiro is offended. Did you just insult me? Jiro asks and he says, even if I did insult you, that'd be okay because you're a fraud. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) Jiro demands to show off more of his powers and the host sits in a chair and he says, hey Jiro, why don't you kill me? And Jiro goes, you won't regret it. And Harada's like, oh, come on, everybody wants to see it. Especially my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't expect this uh, episode to take such a turn. Like, I thought there was actually going to be, like, a murder, but not one that the host actually asked for. Oh, and Jero's happy to oblige here. He says... For treating me as a fool and taking my psychic abilities to task as fraud, you can repent for it in the afterworld. As you wish, I will kill you. So Jiro has Shinichi and the assistant back away, and he focuses heavily. The crowd starts to laugh, and Shinichi wonders just what kind of program this is. <laughs> me too. The host starts to be suffocated, and we see his scarf lift him into the air as Shinichi just watches. He then falls to the floor... And a bunch of crew members run next to him. Ron runs to Shinichi and asks why he didn't stop it. And he says, fool, people don't die from ESP. He then tells Ron not to worry. And that's when Harada starts to scream and he clutches his heart. He convulses and then he just stops because dude is dead. He dead. He really dead. Yeah, so like, hey Shinichi, maybe you should have uh, stepped in. You probably could have stopped a real murder from happening. Yeah, although Shinichi doesn't really feel bad about not being able to stop it like he would have like a like a kind of moonlight snotta scenario where he doesn't want anybody dying he just sort of like let it happen right in front of his eyes yeah it's weird there's more (laughs) there's zero regret to hear there's more effort in like making sure that the killer here later doesn't kill themselves than uh any, like, uh, feelings of, like, oh, you could have stopped that murder? Oh, well. <laughs> Jiro. And Jiro, who just committed murder, to his knowledge, is, like, basking in it. And it's like, where? why is this guy not being detained? Okay, thank you. You and I are, not, are on the same page. That's that's why I thought he was awful. And I was like, where is the police? Please have them come and take him away. Because obviously he wants to be the murderer here. Are you satisfied with this? Asked Jiro. You who made me go this far and who wouldn't believe in ESP no matter what. You're all fools. <laughs> and Shinichi's like, you're stupid. You made me go this far. You taunted my powers. And Shinichi says, this doesn't have anything to do with ESP. It's just a murder. An impossible crime has happened in front of TV cameras. There must certainly be some trick behind it. I will absolutely bring out the truth. There's just one truth. There you Yay. go. Catchphrase. Shinichi, he almost said the catchphrase. Jiro tells Shinichi that he's going to fail as he was was killed by his powers, not a trick, and that it's impossible to see through something that wasn't there to begin with. Tell Shinichi that if he apologizes in front of the cameras, then he'll forgive him. How gracious is Jiro? Ugh, I hate him. (laughs) Hate this guy. Which makes him, like, a really good, like, semi-villain of this episode, I feel like. Yes. But he is the worst. Yeah, that's very true. Like, if I were to come up with a list of my... Uh, top villains, but not my favorite ones, he'd probably be on the list. 
I gotta say, like, uh, just as far as this live action stuff's going, they're doing a great job of making me like really hate the criminals and stuff. And I guess this guy doesn't isn't like the true criminal, but just as, like the antagonist of each episode. Like they're doing a great job of making me just wanting them to yeah. die. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about uh, you, but I didn't find any of the secondary characters likable at all. Jiro was the worst, but all the suspects were also pretty bad. Well, I feel like the suspects got like two lines of dialogue <laughs> before the very end. So there was no character development. It was just all about, it was the Jiro show. You know, our first episode was all about Mitsuhiko. This episode's all about Jiro. Yeah. And they were both awful. I mean, awful people. Shne- like, they, they acted well, if you want to call it that. Oh, Mitsuhiko, the worst, I agree. <laughs> Shinichi works through the details of this case. There's just one studio door. So this is essentially a closed room case. The criminal has to be in the studio. He then checks the victim's scarf, and he tells Jiro that he didn't mean that he'd exposed Jiro's trick. Shinichi then points to the dire- uh, to the assistant director, Ota Owasi, Asako, who's the assistant host, another AD, Nakamura Manjin, and Hanada's stylist, Hayashi Seiko. He says that these, that these people are the chief suspects, as they were all on the stage as Hirata fell to the ground. So that's when I was like, oh, they mu- somebody must have poisoned him, like, after he fell down. Like, I kind of figured the whole thing, like, oh, Harada was playing it up and uh, faked it there. Where were you at on your own personal deduction? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't as far as poison. I I thought that, yeah, they did something afterwards and they were just going to use the whole ESP as a cover-up. Um, and I was... I don't think I was suspicious of anyone at this point, but later on, um, I definitely set my sights on one person in particular. Ooh. So, uh, Shinichi says that Harada was very tyrannical at work and recalls him harassing his assistants backstage. Nakamura says that there are a lot of jerks like Harada, so it wasn't reason enough to kill him. Shinichi also says, also saw Harada make sexual advances to Asako. And she's like, hey, when you're aiming for the top, uh, you're going to be sexually harassed, you know. But if I kill somebody, you know, poof, it's all gone. I wouldn't do that. Come on. Wow. These people actually think this way? Oh, yeah. That's why it's so rampant, Colin. The entertainment industry is terrible. Yes, I wouldn't know. This is how Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, man, he was, he was doing all this and more. And finally... His stylist was called ugly by Harada earlier when Ron was trying to get an autograph. So, the the greatest motive, he was she was called ugly. U-G-L-Y. She ain't have no alibi. Because she ugly. <laughs> and to be fair to Harada... Oh no, we know what we Kind of ugly. Just saying. Nah, nah. I'm gonna cut that out. I don't want to say that real person's ugly. No, oh, but if it was, if this was the anime, it'd be fine. <laughs> if it was an anime, very different case. Shinichi says Jiro isn't a suspect, which causes the psychic to say, "That's because I'm not the suspect. I'm the <sighs> criminal." <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> this guy. He's kind of hilarious, though. Like he's, he's definitely like the cannon fodder for he's the He's entertaining. Episode. I'll give him that. But horrible human being. 
Shinichi says Harada didn't die from ESP and that he completely understands who the criminal is and what their trick was. And then we get a very brief interlude back in the white room. I, I don't know if this was like for a commercial thing <laughs> or something. But Shinichi teases Ron for believing in ESP. And she's like, I couldn't believe what you did next, Shinichi. And then, meanwhile, Kogoro has actually bent a spoon and he just celebrates. Oh. <laughs> so congrats to Kogoro. He has psychic powers, apparently. I don't even, like... <laughs> um. I don't know if we ever see that in the anime. Jiro asks Shinichi to retract his statement or he'll use his psychic abilities to kill Ron. And Shinichi goes, hey, go ahead. I was going to ask you to do do it anyhow. Wow. I mean, I trust Shinichi. So I, I knew that he had something up his sleeve and he wasn't going to put Ron in danger. But like, it came off as kind of bad. Hey, if she dies, she dies, you know? Right. I mean, there's always Sonico. Ah, uh, see? He's gonna... He's gonna fail upwards. <laughs> so, uh... Jiro says Shinichi will regret these words for the rest of his life, and Ron protests, but Shinichi tells her to trust him. Jiro then attempts to use his powers, while an enraged Kogoro watches backstage, and he's held back by producers. Do we know why Kogoro was in that back room to begin with i guess he was the one that facilitated like shinichi being on okay it's just like he's back there ron's in the audience i don't know oh he's friendly with the producer he's a big show apparently they they do this hand bouncing gesture it's like their secret handshake it's weird because like kogar is supposed to be like he hasn't solved a case in like five (laughs) years you know and, like, supposed to be down on his luck, but he's hanging out at TV stations backstage. It's like, oh what? my gosh. <gasps> Missed opportunity. They could have, like, slipped in a Yoko Kino scene. If only. I wonder if we'll ever see Yoko here. That'd be awesome if we do. I hope so. I guess we'll see. Yeah, Kicker is held back, and we see Ron wearing the same scarf that Harada had on, and she actually starts to be lifted by it. She then falls to the ground, and Kicker runs out. He checks on his daughter, and he takes the scarf off. He finds a bruise around her neck and tries to attack Jiro. Kagura then goes to perform CPR on his daughter, but she wakes up, calls him a pervert, slaps him, and then punches him in the gut. <laughs> okay, it's one thing if he was going in to actually do proper CPR, but this is like Kogro version CPR, so it came off as really creepy. Yeah, especially when she calls her own dad a pervert. Like, what, what was yeah. going to happen there? Jiro is confused, much like everybody, and Shinichi explains that he had Ron pretend to play dead. A person can't be killed by ESP, Shinichi says for like the 80th time. That's <laughs> so true. He really does not believe in any of this stuff. Half this episode is just Jiro and Shinichi like in a pissing contest where he says, you know ESP isn't real. And he says, ESP is real. I'll kill ya. And Shinichi's like, I'll kill you. I only killed once. I'm a killer. <laughs> I'm a little rascal. <laughs> you know you don't actually go to jail if you kill with ESP. That's the loophole I figured out. Like, okay, he didn't say that, but I feel like Jiro believes that. Shinichi says Harada wasn't strangled to death as he'd be showing signs of cyanosis and extravasation extra of blood. What supports this is sweat on his forehead and how he clutched his heart and body and how his body jumped while seemingly at the verge of death. 
those are symptoms of being poisoned from an injection. So, uh, yeah, he wasn't killed, Colleen. He wasn't killed by magic powers. Oh, it's not magic. It's ESP. Apparently, there's a big difference. Please, what I do is not magic. What I do is psychic powers. <laughs> and then wave your hands. It's like... Shut up, Jiro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a nerd. Yeah. Go be friends with your computer. That's, yes, this is his origin story. He becomes <laughs> that guy. If that guy's name was also Jiro, I'd, like, lose my shit. That'd be awesome. Shinichi says the poison was likely one that caused a heart attack due to how quick it was. So it's likely potassium chloride. is also injected into his jugular vein to be close to his heart. Harada's death was caused by an acute heart failure and shock, not ESB. He's, he's just, <laughs> he just mentions this time and time again just to, like, put it to Jiro and piss him off. Yeah. I mean, Shinichi, or I guess Conan, doesn't even do this in the show, the anime, uh, with magic. Because, like, he's also kind of a poo-pooer of magic. He's like, oh, like, every trick has a solution. But he doesn't, like, talk about magic not existing as much as ESP in this one. Jiro's like, wow, I don't use poison. I never got close to Harada. And Shinichi's like, well, yeah, you're not the killer. (laughs) How many times do we have to go over this? (laughs) But doesn't that, isn't that such a weird statement to say, like, I don't use poisons. So, like, you have killed people before, just not with poison? Is that what he's getting at? What I, I I think my whole problem with this episode and how it's formatted is that there's no investigation and Shinichi figures out who did the case, like, 10 minutes into this 30-minute episode, and then we just have basically a 20-minute back and forth between shinichi and jiro and it and it's fun but it's super repetitive it's just this same note over and over again of him going oh well yeah you didn't do it you know i did it i have esp powers uh you don't have them yeah and it's just that over and over again (laughs) yeah and they did that thing that uh we have mentioned on the show before where like there's something kept from us like a vital piece of information at least i didn't see this maybe you did but it had we seen this in one of those flashbacks that shinichi kept having like we we could have solved the case just as easily but because we didn't have that vital piece of information i felt like oh, okay well shinichi obviously had the upper hand the entire time kegura mentions that harada was strangled with nobody around him and asked shinichi to explain Shinichi says Harada was simply putting on a performance for the crowd. The whole purpose of this program was to pull a dokeri, which is a basically a prank on Jiro. Basically, think of punked the classic <laughs> MTV show. Oh my gosh. So, Kegura confirms this, and Shinichi says the producers never believed in Jiro's power, and that they wanted to make him a laughingstock. Poor guy. Jiro's almost a sympathetic figure if he wasn't the absolute worst yeah like at this point um this is where i started thinking that all the suspects were uh scumbags like even the two guys the two like where were they the uh assistant the the, ad's yeah. um the, the ad's like that had one line i was like oh well if they were in on this prank then they're just as bad as the rest of them 
Shinichi says proof of their dokuri could be seen on the scarf, as it was prepared with a shape memory alloy, which remembers the shape it was given at high temperatures. He mentions that these alloys are also used in Ron's bra, so that they can return to shape even if they're deformed while washing. Excellent, aren't they? Shinichi says. And Ron's just clearly embarrassed. And she's like, Shinichi, how do you even know such a thing? And Kagura asks if they're in that kind of relationship. And he's promptly elbowed in the gut by Ron. No, it's just because he learned a lot about bras from his first case in that airplane. Clearly. Hirata took advantage of that property and heated up the scarf with his hands. This made the end stand up and fooled Jiro into thinking he was actually strangling him. Kagura then brings up the bruise, which disappears after Kagura touches it. Shinichi says it was all makeup. And, uh, Kagura then looks like a total idiot here. And he points at the makeup artist and he says, So you're the killer! And I guess this was like some, uh, stereotype of like a gag. Yeah. We've talked about it before, how like Japan's not always the most progressive, but I think... This was supposed to be like a very gay man. Like flamboyant. Uh, that was yeah, the, that's, yeah. Yeah, makeup artist. Because they are so overdramatic. He's like, I only taught him to apply the bruise. I didn't do that. Why did you say that? Why are you saying such a thing? And he's actually right, because Kegger is way off base uh, accusing him here. And Shinichi explains that it was all Harada's plan and that he was going to call Jiro a fool once the time was right. Asako then asks how a bruise appeared around Ron's neck as well, and Shinichi says there was still some makeup stuck to Harada's scarf, so he asked her to rub it on her neck. Just, uh, this is supposed to be evidence to a murder thing, and he's just like, hey, smear it all over you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Still no cops. Exactly. Where are they? (laughs) Has nobody called anybody i mean there's this well they don't want to interrupt a live tv show oh very true live studio audience and everything we'll wait until the show (laughs) ends shinichi goes to name the criminal but he's interrupted by jiro who once again says he's gonna use his psychic powers (laughs) like okay who else is gonna interrupt him and what else is jiro gonna save during this we see the stage start to shake and we see some wires moving some scaffolding is about to fall on them, but Ron kicks it back. And that's when we see a shadowy figure uh, backstage. And this is the worst. This looks so bad, like trying to do the shadow figure in live action. Yeah. I thought this looked terrible. It, it was, uh, it wasn't even like good, I don't even, special effects makeup maybe is what they were doing. Ah, uh, just, No. Couldn't they have done just a shadow? That would have been better. Not, like, whatever that was. Eyeballs protruding out and, like, glowing in the dark or something. Shinichi then asks to see the pen in Jiro's pocket. Jiro pulls off the cap to share a syringe. Shinichi says the criminal used the pen-shaped syringe to carry out the crime. And Jiro says this syringe is just for his chronic diabetes. And he demonstrates using it. Shinichi then points to Jiro's other pocket and says, oh... I was asking about that pen. Jiro then wonders why he has two pens on him, and Shinichi tells the culprit that this is their last chance to surrender themselves to the police who aren't even there. So I guess they couldn't even do that if they wanted to. Right. What a twist with the pens. Two pens. Who would have thought? 
not me because obviously we didn't see the scene with the other pen until later on. Shinichi then points at the culprit, which appears to be Jiro, but he's actually pointing behind him to Hayashi Saiko, the stylist, who has literally said like two sentences this episode. Yeah, like the rest of them. Shinichi recalls that Psycho had a pen in her purse, but didn't give one to Ron for the autograph. I guess, like, uh, one big difference from this and, like, a regular Conan case is that, you know, I guess this is more of a drama than a mystery, so it's, like, you're not supposed to be figuring it out. Like, I guess if you come into these cases, like, trying to figure stuff out, you're going to be kind of disappointed, because there's... Uh, the first episode kind of circumvented the, all this by, like, letting you know how the murder mm-hmm. happened first, and then you had to just, uh, you know, see how he would get caught. But here, like, I feel like it kind of loses something, because, like you were saying, you don't get the necessary clues, um, you know, to solve it yourself. Yeah. And I guess it works for, like, a drama context, but uh, if you're, like, a fan of the show, you kind of want to solve the cases along with... Uh, Shinichi, you know? Yeah, the structure was definitely different. Like, uh, in a normal anime case, it's very linear, so you learn things along with the characters, right? But in this one, it's Shinichi basically knows all these little things that happen, and then we get flashbacks, which I think works fine for this medium. It's just, like you said, it's a little harder to play along. Yeah, definitely. Um... Shinichi recalls that Psycho had a pen in her purse, but didn't give one to Ron for the autograph. She says that she merely forgot that she had it on her, but now she has no pens in her purse. That is because after injecting the poison into Harada, she snuck it into Jiro's pocket. She was intending on framing Jiro the whole time, who was proudly saying he had done it, which she probably didn't think like he'd be bragging about being a murderer. It was It was actually so insane that he felt proud about that like did, did he not realize that he would go to jail if that actually was the case well like i said if you kill somebody via <laughs> esp there's no charge for that oh that's right darn i forgot the law however she was afraid of getting caught by shinichi which is why she tried to kill both juro and him just now with the scaffolding shinichi says that when they investigate the syringe they'll find a small amount of her dna from it she then admits to the crime, and Kagero asks why she did it. Also, she's really stupid if her DNA's in it. Like, they're not... Even if, like, Jiro, like, accused to the murder and stuff, they would still investigate the murder weapon with the DNA that she placed on him. So, like, I don't know. Like, none of this made sense. No. <laughs> and she's like, oh, darn, I didn't notice that. She admits to the crime, and Kagero asks her why she did it. I believed Harada's words from when he told me I'd make my debut someday. So I committed myself to Harada for seven years. My body, heart, and time all went to Harada's use. And then finally, I was supposed to become his assistant on the show. Um, but he transferred in uh, Asako instead, and she couldn't forgive him. He picked a prettier woman. How sad. Yeah. <laughs> a-, a worthy motive? What do we think? She should she should have spent those seven years getting plastic surgery on that messed up face, girl. I said I was going to edit that out, but I'm just going <laughs> to double down instead. Um, I but she didn't have any money for plastic surgery. True, true. I don't think she made much on. Uh, she was what? Oh, the hairstylist. I was like, she was the makeup artist. No, that's the other guy. 
Psycho then grabs the syringe out of Jiro's hand and goes to commit suicide. However, Kogoro restrains her, and she shouts out, Nobody understands my feelings at all! <laughs> and Kogoro says, I don't want to understand your feelings, but there is one thing I do understand. For those guys who exert themselves respectably, God is certainly pre- pre- uh, preparing a reward for them. We don't know when that it will come. No one knows that. But that's life's stokery. Would have been better if you had just waited a little longer, too. And then the episode just kind of suddenly <laughs> ends here as the police come in out of nowhere. They take Psycho away. And, and Jiro is just screaming, I'm the real murderer. I'm going to kill y'all. And uh, the studios, the lights go off. Everybody's leaving. And while nobody dies, we do see this Nell that was crooked straightened during it. So he apparently does have psychic powers. Right. But it's like the tiniest little thing. So, like, forget actually trying to kill somebody or, like, him making the scaffolding topple over. It's just, like, one little nail that he manages to straighten out. Although, like, it does make you go, like, oh, I get why you... It kind of explains his actions. Because he does actually have, like, psychic powers and all these people are trying to call him a fraud and stuff. So you get why he's so defensive and hammering on this point repeatedly and repeatedly. So I guess it does kind of make yeah, sense. So I suppose the spoons were also real. Or did they? they I don't think yeah. they planted those. But yeah. So as much as I hated Jiro, I also didn't like the fact that they just brought him on the show to prank him. So back in the white room, Kegro inputs magic, but nothing happens. Shinichi then correctly inputs Dokuri. And they move on to the next room. Once there, they hear this loud explosion. And they're like, what? And the date says July 9th, 2010. And Kegger says he'll never forget that day. And then more noises ring out. And Shinichi holds Ron hand, Ron's hand. And we get a preview for the next case, which is Murder by <laughs> Finger Gun. Um, a snappier title. Shorter, but just so goofy. I am so excited for this. I think it's like a court yes. case with Ron's mom, That's I what, think. Yeah, I am all for that. And she kills somebody by making a finger gun at them. <laughs> they actually get shot. This is amazing. I'm, She's got psychic powers, too. I am so excited for this. I Like, I would have been excited just to meet live-action Aerie, but the fact that it's a court case and... And murder by finger gun? Oh. We are in for something good next time. I am so psyched. So, we have that next. So, overall, Colin, I get you don't like Jiro. Probably by design. <laughs> but what'd you think about the second live action episode? Did you like it better without uh, Gaki? Um, you know what? I don't know if I liked it better without him specifically. Like, he probably wouldn't have had much of a role here, especially since they conveniently left out the police for most of the episode. Uh, so whatever, I guess, without Tagaki. Uh, I like that we had more time with Kogoro, although he was really over the top and um, only some of his jokes landed for me. Uh, Like when he accused the makeup artist twice, I think that was pretty funny because it just kind of reminded you of the anime Kogoro, like just kind of accusing people left and right without a real investigation or a real cause to do so. Um, Ron was slightly less annoying this time around uh, and we actually got to see some karate from her. So that was great. Shinichi, I thought it was great, even though he did have sort of that, like, 
one note conversation going on with Jiro that got a little repetitive and annoying but um I kind of liked his how he was just like um you know firm in his beliefs he's like no ESP doesn't whatever doesn't exist and I'll prove it to you guys and everything so I thought uh his uh detective like I I enjoyed him doing his detective detectiving no I enjoyed him doing his investigating <laughs> in this one uh, a lot. Um, didn't like any of the other characters. Um, and yeah, I I don't know if it was an obvious culprit. Like at one point I was like, okay, it must be the hairstylist because she seems the most innocent looking. Um, so overall... Is that I mean, what I we don't... call ugly now? We call ugly innocent? Innocent looking, yeah, yeah. That's Is that the, new the politically ugly. correct way? I let's make it that way, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, ah, you look very innocent today, Colleen. <laughs> oh, oh no, I know what you're really trying to say there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. Um, I don't know if I'm, uh, if this is like the me- medium for me to watch detective conan and maybe that's why i'm not really feeling this these live action episodes but i'm very excited for the next one so we'll see what happens yeah i I like this um i think there's definitely some structural changes and i think you have to be in the right mindset to really uh enjoy this you can't be expecting just conan uh especially because it is shinichi rather than conan so that changes up uh, to a good extent too but uh yeah you can't really expect just oh they're doing the anime but in live action so i think if you realize this is a drama and the murders are just a means to an end for the drama to occur i think you can have some fun and enjoy it i like the back and forth even though it did get repetitive but it also made me laugh quite a few times <laughs> uh between jiro and shinichi so i like that kogura is great thought ron was better in the second episode than in the first uh she wasn't as like self-absorbed and like weirdly materialistic here she was just acting like ron it was cool to get those action bits where she was being a badass so that was cool yeah for sure um i actually wouldn't mind seeing this like animated um maybe not with jiro's character being the way he was but the fact that there was a murder on live tv that that would be really interesting to watch. Well, they do do that in a certain Ooh. case. I can't remember if we covered was it. Was it or not. on live TV? Oh, okay. Yeah, they were filming a TV show. Did this happen? Let me. There check. was one where I. The only one I could recall that was maybe TV similar was like Megare and Agasa were in it. I think Megare is on TV. TV station murder case. This was episode 31, very early on. So this was before you were uh, on the show. Okay, so we're going to cover it in the dub. Episode 31, yeah, yeah, at some point. (laughs) What, two years? (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah, it's cool. That's a cool case. This guy commits a murder mid during the show and sleeping kogoro solves it live on the air oh yeah that's so 
we don't get sleeping Kogoro in the live action. We just get dumb Kogoro making these accusations. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll see him sleep at some point. That'd be a fun <laughs> little gag. And Conan makes his big screen debut there. He gets up here on the television broadcast too. Yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff. But I thought this live action was fun. I liked it. I liked the first one too. So I think maybe I'll just enjoy these more than you because I'm not a hater. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> hey, don't worry. If I had an innocent looking face like yours, I'd hate everything too. Oh. <laughs> I'm not gonna take it personally. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, I'll see you next week if I survive my note-taking. Oh, you'll do good. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, one truth always prevails.